0: you know, let's see what happens. I mean, I I do that in every first area. I'm like, we'll just try this one time and see what
1: happens. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go.
1: My mom always said it's rude to keep people waiting. Well, best ever listeners. That's exactly what you're doing if you're not funding your deals with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land. Patch of Land is a crowdfunding marketplace that matches up your deals with accredited and institutional investors who want to invest in your deal. Patch of Land literally has thousands of investors ready to fund your next deal. You don't want to keep them waiting, do you? And guess what? It's a lightning quick process too. In fact, the average Patch of Land loan closes in just seven days Is a five to seven day close faster than how long it currently takes you to close on financing? And just think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have all of your financing needs taken care of for all of your deals? How many more deals could you close if you already knew where the money was coming from? With Patch of Land, you no longer have to worry about the financing part. They've got it taken care of for you. Go to Patch of Land and find out how to get your next deal funded by the thousands of investors waiting for you right now. Go to PatchofLand.com, that's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Elizabeth Colgrove. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, how
0: are you? Thanks for the introduction. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Elizabeth is joining us from Hanford, California. She's the owner of five single family homes. She manages four for her family and two uh, single families for her friends. And she has a wonderful cat named Missy. So when you reach out to her, you can ask how she's doing and then also how her husband and Missy is doing as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, single-family home investing and her background and her experience. So, with that being said, Elizabeth, can you tell the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about how you got to this point and what you're focused on now? Sure. We
0: literally, quote-unquote, fell into it like I'm sure many of your readers have. We bought a primary property um, as a personal um, we moved into it. We It was a foreclosure. I called it the druggy house because literally there was writing and stuff on all the walls, but it was in the best neighborhood that we could afford at the time. And it was the house we could afford in the best neighborhood. My husband and I spent about uh, 13 months literally gutting the entire interior. It's what I call those, you know, ugly houses because it had a brand new windows, brand new siding, brand new roof, but just was ugly inside. Um, we redid it. We rented it out when the Navy transferred us, and from there we've just kept running. It kind of was the bug that bit us, and then we saw how well it worked. I mean, don't get me wrong; there was a lot of hard work, but it was such an amazing financial thing for us that we've not looked back.
1: And when you go from one city to another, uh, I imagine you're 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 moving because of the the Navy ties, correct? Yes, sir. So that's interesting because. Yeah, I, I have a brother in the army, and um, I have some friends who in the mil- who are in the military. And I think that approach is just fantastic to live in, to buy something, fix it up, and then when you get transferred to another, you know, another station or another post. I'm not quite sure what they call it. <laughs> um, I'm not in the military, but when you get transferred, you typically stay for at least a year, which should allow you to um, do be fine from a, a, underwriting standpoint, cause they want you to live in the property for a year and then just move on and do the next property and the next property. Is that your approach?
0: I call it the hybrid approach. So obviously that's a fantastic approach and we definitely do that. Um, but that, that, that that's not enough to, to grow us as quickly as my dreams are. So we also buy investments too. We started investing in Charleston, which was about six hour drive from Virginia Beach because that was what made sense at the time. So we invest in both
1: when you look for a property, what are what's the criteria that you need in order to pull the trigger and close?
0: We only invest in quote unquote class A houses. I think if you get really into the definition, it's more like a neighborhoods with like B minus houses if that makes any sense. We buy. The middle to smallest house in the nicest neighborhood. So when I look at a neighborhood coming from across country, because we bought a house from Virginia Beach into Hanford without ever walking the neighborhood. So what I looked for was first I was like, what is the best neighborhood? Like, where does everybody want to live? Um, Then I looked at what is the best schools? And usually the best elementary school will help you find the best neighborhood. Because it's such a smaller area. And then from there, I looked at like, what, what are the smaller houses? We tend to buy three bedroom, two baths, 1600 Because when you look at the price per square foot slash rent per square foot, like after a while, you just get a lot more expensive for not a lot more rent. Like a 3,000 square foot house rents for like 2100 But yeah, you know, 2,000 square foot rents versus 1800 So you're not talking a big difference. So you want to make sure that you're buying a good, Future investment, not just an awesome today house. And that's the one thing we've really looked at. And then to go even further, you want to see like what people want to rent. Like is there like one area more than another? Like we found that people like to rent a whole lot more in Hanford than Lemoore. So it's a lot easier to rent your house out even if Lemoore was a higher price because it was a smaller town. So the way to look at all of that is honestly a stock Zillow. Um, and watch the rentals. And I get to know the areas. And then I also watch the listings. Um, I have my awesome realtor sends the listings to my phone, like I'm on our automatic list. And then I just watch them. And then you ask around. And honestly, eventually, you're just gonna have to pull the trigger and try it. (laughs) And there is some, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, I, I do that in every first area. I'm like, we'll just try this one time and see what happens. But we've done very well doing that.
1: How do you find the best elementary school?
0: I look on Zillow. If you look on the below, it says the great um, school stats and like it says nine or 10. I always want to get a nine or 10 because when my tenants are going across the country, they're also looking for a 10. Because remember, depending on where you're investing, if you're a local and investing in your area, then you're right. You're going to have knowledge that no one else does. But for me, I'm a foreigner coming into a foreign area. I mean- a U.S. citizen, yes, but not not local to that area. So I need to be able to quickly figure out this and see what I'm going to do. And all of my tenants do the same thing. I mean, they're all transient, whether they're military, whether they're civilian, whether they work for the federal prison, they they are looking at the same information that I am.
1: Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Don't be blind by previous experience. Um, our previous to to today was doing very well in short sales. We've always gone in low, people have accepted our offer, we've done very well. Um that's that was like my number one secret to the market. Well, short sales aren't short And they are not, banks are upping them 15,000. So yes, there's still a great way, but we've been trying and trying and trying. And I'd also say that I've had sticker shock because we've been investing since 2011. So like we saw the low of the market and we've had to really reevaluate to see if we want to, up our prices and pay more to continue growing or if we want to stop so i would say is don't let the market changes stop you from not being able to reevaluate like you don't want to be those people that don't know how to use the internet because they're like that was old you want to keep evaluating the situation and see what works best for you because we where we started three years ago and where we are today is nowhere in my imagination i mean we've done better than i've ever imagined but never along the same path so let so examine every roadblock in your road and see if you can absorb it and make it into this huge diamond that ends up spurring your growth better than you would ever imagine.
1: What are some property management tips that you would give the best ever listeners based on your experience?
0: I, I saw that question. Someone asked me once. What what is the one thing that they bigger pockets had a fourteen things that if I had known we would have done even better. And I read it and the one thing that was missing and has been my crucial thing is know that if you say no, not only will bad things probably not happen, you life will get a whole lot less stress. So just because you say no, it actually will turn out better. Once we started saying no to our tenants and only doing what worked best for us on our timeline and taking care of our business, mind you, we still believe in treating others how we want to be treated, but we learned that we no longer had to say yes, that we could say no if it didn't work for us instead of going into it grudgingly and then being upset. Once I took that attitude, my stress has gone from like 98% to like, two in landlording overnight because we started putting together a 14-page lease. We defined all the rules. I spend an hour with my tenants going over it. And suddenly, now that there was expectations and guidelines and boundaries and I said no reinforcing these there, no one's pushing the boundaries anymore. There's not as many issues. Like things are falling a whole lot easier because everybody knows the expectations. So don't be afraid to say no. And don't be afraid to set those guidelines and expectations, Worried that people will, you know, find the, the way out. Because honestly, people just like knowing what's expected of them and say no to you- reinforce that.
1: What's an example of that? Can you tell a specific story or some something where that happened to you?
0: Yes, my break lease clause. I know I'm infamous for it, and also famous, depending on who you talk to. So. We buy nice enough houses that a lot of our people can afford to buy a house, but they tend to not buy a house for personal reasons, whether they're brand new in an area, whether they're military and they never want to come back to this duty station, whether they're correctionals and they're only going to be here a year or two years. Like We have no problems with a tenant only being there for one year. I mean, actually, I love it. So that being said... we have had a lot of people want to break the lease. They decide that, oh, after after they had lived here, they do want to buy a house, but they don't want to wait the year, the 18 months, the three years, however long their lease was to do it. So they started breaking their lease. And this is really stressful because you're like, I put you in a lease on purpose to around my life. Like we do, we have definite market times where it's easier to rent out houses than other times. So I, I very much watch all of this and, and have my leases come up at the best optimal time versus personal and business. So once this started happening, I knew I needed to have a set of guidelines. So when people asked, it was no longer what I thought, but it was a business. So we put together a break lease and all of our leases. Now it says, if you have two months, uh, you have to give us two months' notice, and you have to give us a sixty-day break lease fee, and then you're out. No questions asked, no discussion, no nothing. And once we set that up, it was no longer let's talk about this. It's no longer well, we were the best tenant in the world. It was a business. It had rules. It had regulations, and we have enforced those. And once we started enforcing that, it became really easy. It wasn't our fault. It was the rules.
1: Is there in the original contract was there not a break lease clause? No. Where was where did you? Get the original contract.
0: South Carolina um, real estate. When we started out in South Carolina, it was South Carolina real estate lease we used to be downloaded from LegalZoom, and then um, we started learning through hard knocks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got it, and just started adding in clauses as as issues came up and as as your business evolved.
0: Yeah, if you want to see, I can. Per my lawyer, I'm not allowed to give out my lease. But if you want to see what I put in, like all the hard knocks of landlording that has taught me, if you go to the Reluctant Landlord website and you look at kick booty lease, I listed out every amendment and why I have it in my lease. Just so people can learn without having the hard knocks of landlording teach them like I did.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Don't you deserve to have all your deals funded in lightning quick speed? I agree. That's why I've partnered up with our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, to bring you the best crowdfunding crash course ever, where you get all the info you need to know about crowdfunding so that you can close more deals. Tune in every Sunday this February and you'll be treated to the best crowdfunding crash course ever. Best ever book you've read.
0: I like the NOLA landlording rules. Um, I'm very rule-based so I like knowing exactly what the rules are for every state that I am. I mean, I'm by no means an expert but it's taught me a lot and let me stay true to the rules in my areas as best as possible without being certified.
1: And what what is that book called again? It's
0: NOLA. It's the Landlording rules.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it.
0: I would say the last transfer we had out here. um, I gave up my amazing job. My husband got sudden orders and it wasn't exactly to our duty station of pick. I mean, actually was below below last on our list. And I learned to turn every single thing into a positive. This has been the most amazing duty station ever for us. We never would have started investing in California. We never, if I hadn't have gotten bored, I wouldn't have sold an underproducing house for family, doing a 1031 and bought three more, you know, tripling their portfolio. I really wouldn't have had all of these wonderful experiences. I would never have been able to do this podcast because I wouldn't have gotten so involved in bigger pockets. So don't, like, Do cry over the spilt melt for like a minute because it's needed for emotional. But then look into seeing how amazing you can turn that because for us it has been the best thing that ever happened for us and we never would have chosen it. And had we fought it we wouldn't have been as successful as we were.
1: Best ever success habit you practice?
0: I try really hard to practice what I preach. I know it's hard. It's easier to tell someone how to do all these landlording or what to do and I work really hard in making sure that everything that I say or would tell to someone else, I follow myself because sometimes you need to look at what you would tell someone else on something and be like, well, I should be doing that too because it's you just forget. So if I'm in a tricky situation, I write out what I would tell someone else and then that's usually what I should be doing myself.
1: Best ever deal you've done?
0: I would say the best deal we ever did was closing a short sale in 52 days. Um, it was our personal when we were moving out here and uh, we were able, it's now 18 months later worth 50000 more.
1: Best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: Um, the project that we're most excited about would be the three houses that we're hoping to close by June. Um, we're trying to get to 10 houses in the next 18 months so it's, it's going to be really excited if we can get almost there by, you know, summertime.
1: How are you doing the financing on that stuff?
0: Well, my husband is currently gone a lot. So I downsize and I'm living in a friend's empty house and he is gone with my husband a lot. So we were able to put away a huge chunk of money. Um, we do all of our houses through conventional non-partnership, non nothing else. So one of them is going to be a personal house that we're upgrading and the other two are investments. Uh, we found a great broker who does uh, 15% mortgages in South Carolina.
1: Best ever quote
0: try, try again, and baby steps is the key to life.
1: How do you apply that quote in your life?
0: Well, um, we are a huge believer in baby steps. We'll try anything once to a point. We just do a little bit. You know, my husband and I... You know, you always talk about the reluctant spouse. My my husband was the key to this. I mean, he is the most amazing man and has been beyond supportive, but let's just say during our first time when we were walking through the houses, he played Angry Birds on his phone. That was how interested he was. But he believed in me enough to be like, we will try one." So We bought that house. We gutted the bathrooms. I am you know, he, he did all of it. And then it worked out so well that we bought another one. And five houses later, you know, we've proven that point. And now we're going to go try vacation rentals or something else. So we're big believers and you try one thing. But, you know, you also have to try, try again. Because landlording hasn't been less of stress. While it's never really been a financial issue, like we've never really had a huge financial stressor, we certainly have had lots of tenants trying the boundaries, you know, lots of things gone wrong. Nothing ever happens when it should happen. So, you know, remember what your baby steps are so that you don't get lost, but also it's not going to be easy. So just don't give up. Keep putting one foot in front of yourself in front of yourself. and before you know it, you will be one baby step further than you thought you would ever be.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
0: The biggest mistake I've made is to try to be too cheap. Lately with the market changing, we're still trying to invest, but you know, I haven't gotten over sticker shock. So we've lost a couple of great houses because I just couldn't offer enough money. So trust your real estate agent. Trust your people. If you're going to keep playing in the market, don't try to remember what it was 18 months ago. Go to today. See if you can accept that price. And if you can, trust your people. That's why you're hiring your team.
1: What's the best ever place to reach you, Elizabeth?
0: Um, the best place to reach me would be reluctantlandlord.net. To like me on Facebook at reluctantlandlord. Or to look me up in um, Twitter at Relocked Land.
1: Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. And this truly was a story of you know, evolving with the, with the market from short sale to you know, changing the approach and testing and learning. And then once you uh, test and learn, then applying those learnings in a big way. Uh, and you and your husband are clearly laser focused on your goals and uh, you know really focused on um, optimizing a system and you clearly have you know learned a lot through that process and I'm very grateful for uh, you sharing those learnings. One of the things that I got from this conversation is that your model is to invest in the nicest neighborhood so, buy in the nicest neighborhood that you can afford, and then just buy the ugliest house. Um, But then on top of that, because I I think some of the best listeners might have heard that or might be applying that, I like the tip of find the best elementary school and specifically how to find that. You can go on Zillow and look for a 9 or a 10 rating. I think that's a really helpful tip. Uh, In addition to that, you want to look to see where people are wanting to rent too because it could be a neighborhood that you buy, but you're just not finding renters because that's just not the culture of that neighborhood. Thank you so much for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.